Welcome aboard. We're right back at it on this Friday, May 20th. Uh-huh. As we figure out what the hell we're going to talk about for the next two hours. <laughs> well, leaf stuff's always around. Leafs. They're always going to be a little bit of leafs. Yeah. In our show. We'll season it in there, in their absence. Oh, no, we're going to do the, more than that because you have an article oh, yeah. on sportsnet.ca that is the closest thing to a report card mm-hmm. without actual grades. Am I right? You know why I, I didn't? I passed oh, on the grades. I'm going to, I need an answer to this question. Do you think there should be grades? There will be grades. <laughs> oh yes. I don't. I don't care what you handed in on Sportsnet.ca. Yeah. On our show, okay. There's gonna be grades. So it, why did you decide to go hand in something at Sportsnet.ca without? I'll tell you why. Great. It's a report card. I talked to my 13 year old niece who lives in Boston. Big mistake. <laughs> big Just big me. mistake. But they don't even do letter grades. Like it's uh, maybe it's a and maybe the, the, like a woke you know culture why? thing God. or like hurting feelings or something. What was that when I was a kid? I would have killed for that for no letter grades. Oh my God! They, you know there was a you know you get like a, I think a general comment from the teacher, a percentage. I don't know. I just... do you want to do a percentage? Sure. <laughs> do a percentage? That's fine. What is an A? Eighty six and up is an A when I was a kid. Is that right? Do we? Someone in the comments, is 86 and up an A? I thought A was 80 and above. I think 80. I think. Yeah, 80, 82. I think 80s is B plus. I think low 90s is A minus, mid 90s is A, and then above We are not on the same page as a show. If you got to be 90 plus to get an A. I think that's what it is. Is there any school teachers in the chat on our our, uh, YouTube (laughs) channel right now that could really... um, Fix the grading system for us because we're coming back today uh, later on in the show with with Justin's report cards. Yeah, and we are going to grade these guys. Pierre Engvall gets all the letter grades, <laughs> <laughs> A through F, depending on the chunk of the season. Because we're not going with. I liked his play. Good, he tried hard. Satisfactory. Needs improvement. There's always that element too, right? Like you get a B, but with like a needs improvement. You know, that was kind of my thing. Needs to try. Still decent Oh, no, no. Mine, growing up, if he could just apply himself. Yeah. Got a lot of that too. You know what I used to, I used to have to do one time. I had I drew a line through a C minus I got so my mom wouldn't know it was a C minus. For C like plus. A C plus. Oh, yeah. I also used to change the absences because that was telling for me. The, the thing for like I mean, a, like you, uh, doctor after the report card. Like, yeah. Oh like, yeah. Full on sometimes. Yeah. So. Oh, that's sneaky. Dicey. I hope she's not listening. We're getting. Might be. We're getting some me- some messages <laughs> from people on the chat. So I don't know if they're more qualified to say it, but uh, David. Gurtz says A minus is 81, uh, A is 90, A plus is, ni- is 95. I mean, an A being 80 and up, I mean, that's just such a huge range to me. Yeah, I think that's pretty great. I mean, if you got those marks, you were laughing. I, the, 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 on my report cards, the only thing my parents ever looked at was the side where they gave you, like, the, the effort, and it was, like, satisfactory, needs improvement, yeah. impressive. 
and I just never gave effort, and that pissed off my parents. Our so show bad. has something in common here. <laughs> apply yourself, boys. Apply yourself. Well, now I talk about hockey, and I apply myself. I care <laughs> right. about that. Yeah, so. this, I feel the same way. It's hard about with algebra to give a you-know-what. It's it's no accident we all ended up with each other at some <laughs> point in our lives. <laughs> it's really not. Right? Now that you break it down, I think we've learned something about each uh, other today. four and a half minutes, we figured out <laughs> how we all ended up together. <laughs> That's not the purpose of the show, but we accomplished that. How okay. About, how about this quote? from uh, Artemi Panarin on adjusting his style for the playoffs. No, 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 no. Hold on. Oh, I want you to save it. Did you see it? Yeah, I did. Okay. We're, we're going to get into it. Okay. Trust me. When we go okay. Rangers, we're going to go Panarin. Okay. And I want to save that. So mark it down. Because he had a very interesting quote, which really kind of leads us into uh, our, our first block. Uh, we'll, we'll go Tampa Bay first. They're okay. Up to nothing, like they were last year. And... Florida in a lot of hurt. We had Ed Jovanovsky on yesterday. Mm-hmm. We didn't say it was a must win, but the feeling was, can you go down 2 nothing to Tampa Bay? Heading back to Tampa Bay, yeah. And heading back to Tampa Bay. And yet, uh, you worked the game last night yeah. uh, on, on the national program with uh, Sportsnet and Ron and the gang, and uh, congratulations on that. You Thank looked and you. sounded great. Appreciate Give that. Give us the uh, overall feeling of, of watching a last-second goal when that game had to go into overtime. Had to. Well, first off, you know how the, the whole thing works where you watch the game somewhere else, you come up with your ideas, and you come out and put your stuff on. We're all sitting there ready for the intermission to start, and then the game ends. So that was a little bit of a curveball oh, for yeah, us. That's true, it was yeah. like, okay, well, that changes everything we just and planned. You, nobody really watches the last 10 no, seconds. No, because you're kind of pulling it together. I literally was not watching the goal, and then it was like, okay, we're going to need that back. We're, you know, we're on 90 it's seconds. A little scramble. Yeah, and I'm already scrambling. I'm sweating. Anyhow, uh, yeah, holy smokes. What a play by Kucherov. I just, I would say this. Do you want the Tampa angle or the Florida angle from me? Which is the more important one? You pick. All right. Go Tampa first. Tampa first is just... Okay. And we're just, uh, for those of you, Ross Colton scored with officially, what, 1.8, 1.3? Yeah. Not much. It was there. ridiculous. Ridiculous. Tampa angle is just, like, talk about the, like, know how to win. Like a team that just knows how to find a way. They blocked shots all night. They weren't the better team. Stamkos must have blocked five shots. His hand, his skate. He was back and forth to the dressing room. Hagel hurt. Um, Chernak hurt. Hurt, hurt, hurt. They just got in the way, and they're so patient. They don't make these big glaring mistakes. They wait for you to make one. Florida made a little mistake in, in coverage, and Kucherov with a great pass. Man, that team just knows how to win. Well, it's, uh, we'll pull uh, a John Cooper out uh, for our first uh, Kippers Clipper, and uh, John Cooper on goal scorer, Ross Colton. Well, it, it, there's you... You can't let the moment be bigger than you, and that's it. And he, um, I, and I just, um, Ross scored a massive goal for us tonight, uh, but it's the group. Like, look at the guys that killed the penalties three and a half minutes before that. Um, they didn't let the moment, there's no moment that's too big, and uh, Ross just fits the bill as well. Uh, it's no, where did these guys come from? God, I have so much respect for the Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> and I hated the Leafs playing against them, and I hated all their guys, and they pissed me off, and Nick Paul, and uh, Maroon, and Corey Perry, and I just, I hated them for that series. But now that we've separated ourselves away from that, 
these guys are just these guys are an all-time team. When, when you watch, yeah, they, they really are. are an all-time and, team. And when when you watch this and the story progresses, it, does it get easier for you as a Leaf fan for or sure. harder? No, I I put out a poll today saying how this makes you feel as a Leaf fan, just to kind of gauge what people. And it, you neither of you guys retweeted it or said anything about it, so it didn't get many votes because I don't have many followers. But uh, most people, sixty uh, percent of people, say that they, this makes them feel better about the Leafs. So I would agree with that that I can now somewhat enjoy watching this sort of class of the the Tampa Bay Lightning because, look, I don't know how this series is going to end. I don't want to sit here and say when they're up 2 nothing that they're going to sweep them away or win in five. This could obviously still be a long series. But it's not like Tampa sucks. It's not like they're slowing down. Right. They're still very good, and they're still an incredibly – like, they got so much class. They're just such a great team. They got, they got it all, boys. And, and they're battling adversity – with injuries, and you watch Stamkos come and go, yeah, in uh, on and off the bench, and yet they they find a way. Let's go to uh, let's go to Cooper on uh, on Stamkos getting hurt. Great. Yeah, it was. Uh, well, it started warmups, and uh, yeah, there was uh, lots of guys getting stitched up tonight, um, but they all came back. And it was a hell of an effort. They all came back, right? Like you kept seeing guys like Paul Pierce go to the, the locker room, get wheeled back. It's just like, but I, I truly think that a lot of this has to be given the credit has to be given to Cooper himself to keep the will, to keep the desire. Like I know the three straight cups is a huge accomplishment, but to keep these guys inspired block. Yeah. The, the amount, I know, but they, the amount he's squeezing he, he, everything he, out of his team. Is, he is, but ultimately you you can't get blood out of a stone. It's there. They're still really good, of course. It, but it's good, and we are talking about the ultimate um, X factor. Mm-hmm. While we want to marvel at skill and passing and the Michigan, <laughs> what is throw what is the Michigan. for the Michigan? What is this time of year all about? One word character yeah that's what surfaces this time of year 100 it shines it can be kind of disguised a little bit at times through three games and four nights during the regular season but it doesn't hide this time of year okay it surfaces and that's why cooper when he says something it, it could look much better because it's it's describing character. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm, I saw it out of St. Louis last night, too. For sure. It just rises this time of year. What have you thought of Jonathan Huberto's play? Well, now we're, if, if we're going to switch over to Florida. Do you want to finish on Tampa? Stamkos has comment on yeah, guys Yeah, let's go to Stamkos, and, Stamkos and, first. And, and talk about the character that, uh, you know, we just babbled on. Um, I mean, that's just, that's just the sacrifice at this time of the year. So, so the question was, uh, are you getting, what do you think about all the guys going down the tunnel? Yeah. And Stamkos just was, had a big smile on his face and just swore hard and just like, I don't know. It's just every, it's character. Right. Uh, At one point he has to stand to the side while Hagel can make his way to the dressing room so he can come back from the dressing room. Go get your stitches. I'm up. Just always comes back to the most common denominator of this time of year 
character. Who has it? Who doesn't? There's got to be some luck involved in him not breaking anything in these shop blocks. But uh, listen, you, you, don't don't talk luck about to this guy because he hasn't had a the ton of coast. it. Good point. Okay. Yeah. You want to talk about bad luck? Let's revisit his career. Yeah. So I don't know. Is somehow is it balancing out at the very end because he's still in his uh, his peak? Yeah. If you're talking about his career and seeing the best of Steven Stamkos, how do you not look at the last two or three years? Oh, I know. He he gets his hand in to, like, block his junk on a shot block, and he hits him in the back of the hand. You see him take his glove off. It's white and dented in in the back Ugh. and shaking. And I was like, his hand's broken. His hand's definitely so, broken. But uh, he kept playing, so maybe it isn't. Right. We and, just, sorry, we just got an awesome question on the YouTube chat that's very pertinent to this discussion, and I would like to ask it. Are you guys okay with that? Oh, yes. We're going to do some questions later. This is from, again, from Poe Buddies Nerfect, which is such a hard thing to say. Do the Leafs win that series with Cooper as their coach? Yeah. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. I, an answer. I don't know because my first Great thought question. is, are, are the Leafs ready? Did, did, did they have enough character? Was the character box checked off to go beyond that? And I don't know the answer to that, but it's a lot. It's a lot closer on on the line. Is it a lot closer to winning than it was a year ago against Montreal? The last mm-hmm. three games, absolutely. Here's was is there enough character right now for the Leafs to win a Stanley Cup? I don't think so. I think yeah. they're. I think they fall short there still. Yeah, it's interesting because they. They came as close as you can get, right? They lose in overtime in an elimination game to Tampa, and then they lose by a goal in game seven. I think it's universally accepted that Cooper is, if not the best coach in the league, one of the best couple, right? So, yeah, I mean, you probably make your team this much better. Maybe maybe it is. Maybe that's enough to get them over the hump. That's a fascinating question to me. Yeah. What do you think, Sammy? I think so, yeah. Yeah, see, I don't think it's that easy. I think it's much more complex. And I just look down the leaf lineup and I go, who's the closest to look like Nick Paul right now? Did anybody notice that Nick Paul for um, once again, Matthew Joseph in a fourth round pick played 23 minutes last night. Most of any forward on Tampa Bay last night, Nick Paul. He was every, can I remind you his last name isn't Kucherov. Stamkos. Stamkos. Kalorn. Paul has now turned into a mule That's for a Tampa great, Bay. Great way to put it. Was he 6'4 or something? Skates like a mule too. Anyone, he gets around. A, anyone in, 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 in the Leaf lineup that can come close to looking like that? Yeah, they, there is. Who? McKay and Engvall could do those things, but they didn't do those things. Yes. Look at the regular season skipper. They're better players than Nick Paul have been. Buddy. Maybe not. Mm. They're good, though. But they're Here's, big, they're but big he, and this fast. This is my question they're about character and, and where it was going. Yeah, is yeah. They can do the things Nick Paul oh, does oh, okay. physically, Kipper. Everybody, Lee fans are going to hate me again for this one. Oh, boy. That's okay. <laughs> oh, boy. But everybody <laughs> talks about this, this amazing run during the regular season. Yeah, well, how many points again? 115. Franchise too, right? Records? The most ever. Yeah, okay. Now that we're on the subject of character, let's go back in the regular season and revisit that somehow, some way, they could find points off of the best 
teams during the regular season, mm -hmm. i.e. Tampa, Florida, Rangers. And let's revisit Buffalo's and Montreal's down the stretch, Sammy, where they could have avoided Tampa Bay in the first round. It's they wasted so many points in the regular season. There's no there's no denying it. Not gonna they tr just okay. try to argue. So that. did did they lack a little bit of character against the Buffaloes and the Montreals down the stretch? It's interesting. But I mean yeah. here's the thing, even if they had ten more how many more points? There were seven back of Florida. Okay. So okay, well then yeah, they could have they could have got there. If yeah. you think about those games they lost to Montreal. Yeah, you grab three more of them and you're you in the mix down the you stretch. think about anyway. the outdoor game. They, are, are they, they, they took a dump on the ice at Hamilton in Hamilton with that are, outdoor are they, game. Are they closer than they were last year? Yes. Did they make progress in many ways? Yes. But how do you still explain <laughs> the, the, the pissing away those points? They're not going to win every, every hockey game. I'm no, not, just but the, the ones that they needed to. I know. They I, weren't I, there I for there. Yeah. But I'm not even convinced they would have beat the Caps in the first round. It's the first round. It's not the team they play against. No, you're wrong there. It's, now it, you're doing the magic no, jersey no, thing. But it is. Oh, it's not. Like, you guys are yelling at me about how okay. it's not true, but All it right. is. It is. Just not quite there on the character chart as a team like Tampa Bay. You know who was? And that's what's David surfacing. Camp. David Camp showed cojones. I mean, big moments. Love this camp. guy. Love like, camp. like Not just because he scored a couple of times. He he was fantastic. I mean, shots and hustle and defense and face-offs. He was a big part. He's a part of the solution for this team, for sure. Okay, let's, let's uh, take a little bit of a, a Florida angle because the first thing off the top of my head watching Florida is here's a team much like the theme of the Toronto Maple Leafs that could outscore their mistakes during the regular season and it ain't happening now no nope, is that fair totally fair totally fair they have gotten no production out of jonathan huberdo or alexander barkov huberdo has a goal and three assists in eight games none in this series um barkov two and four for six in eight games none in this series and the, what are they oh for 25 in the power play they're 0 for 25 in the power play. They've tried everything. Five forwards. They had Ekblad they at the point. So they, many great chances on that one right at the only end. Only at the one at the end. They at were the one pretty the end. brutal yeah. the th throughout the game. But like that bounce that Vasilevsky caught with his blocker that like went off the leg. It's like how? Oh, they so, always get the bounce. So if or maybe he's always just really you know, just there. Sammy, if we Good. go back to your comment earlier, uh, switch out Bruno uh, Burnett, the head coach there, who's. Just going through it for the, the first time. Yep. Right? Inexperience. You want to put John Cooper behind Florida? How about you want to what, put Joel Quenville behind or, Florida? Or Joel Quenville? What's the score in the series? Is it 2 nothing down? I, maybe. You, know, you, you do feel like it's more likely maybe. it's 1-1. I'm not even sure. Yeah. Again, I, I just look at, uh, is, is the character ready? Is, mm -hmm. is the talent, is there enough character to match the, or match the talent or... Uh, run with the talent there for for Florida, or are they just falling short right now because Barkov doesn't look great either? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, we we had Jovo on. He talked about similar things to what we've talked about, not this year so much, but previous years with the Leafs about getting to the inside, getting to the middle, playing you know in those physical areas. Colorado wins against St. Louis in game one because they win every puck battle, every face-off, every tiny little inch of the ice. St. Louis 
bounces back and takes over those things in game two and they get the win. Like it's such a thing for me is, is your team built to play and battle in the small areas and win pucks? All right. Uh, teeing up Chris Terrian uh, in a few minutes here. Uh, he's going to join us. Of course, he's got this big event, doesn't he, this weekend? Yeah, yeah he wanted to talk some hockey, and he wanted to talk about his the, the on-ice punching here. I put the the info in there, but it's ice is war. And he was good to us all year, so we want to have him on to talk about Perfect. And uh, in about 20 minutes, we also got Doug McLean. I don't know where he's been. He's in this RV. <laughs> um his wife could be holding up uh, rabbit ears for him to get reception to... <laughs> or she could be holding a gun. Or, yeah. <laughs> all that time. <laughs> Whatever the case is, it's off the rails Friday, so Doug McLean's going to join us as well. And then uh, in the back hour, we got uh, the kooky, the zany, the crazy uh, co-host of uh, the Fan Morning Show, J.D. Bunkus. And I can't wait to hear his takes. If, uh, if Sammy's been teary-eyed this week... I can only imagine JD. JD, get, he takes it differently than Sammy, though. He takes it like he gets mad and mean. He's going to, you know, I think Sammy's like, he's hurt deep. He I'm needs just, therapy. I'm more despondent. <laughs> I don't know. He's more likely to come out it's punching. It's not on the surface level as much as it is with uh, my boy Bunk. <laughs> yeah. Fair do, enough. Do you want to do a quick Colorado before we get to Chris? Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I want to spend some time okay. talking about uh, St. Louis, too, because, again, we're, we're talking about a, a Craig Berube who had his fingerprints all over turning uh, St. Louis's uh, fortune around against Colorado. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's, let's talk about it now. Well, we can get to Chris. Okay. We, we got all right. Five minutes so, uh, yeah, let's switch gears here because uh, a tremendous bounce back game for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, we had Darren Pang on yesterday, and uh, I, I just thought uh, what he said was so interesting about Craig Berube and, and, and really taking – a next level kind of feel going into game two. Let's let's be reminded what Darren Pang told us on yesterday's uh, show, teeing up game two about Craig Berube and what he needed to do to squeeze more out of his team. Let's have a listen. <laughs> well, you'll like this. Today, uh, Chief told us, uh, broadcasters today, that uh, I personally did the clips for the video presentation, <laughs> and I... And then he goes, and I personally presented those clips to the team. <laughs> oh my! In, in in my way. So uh, we were like, how many times during the year did that happen? He said, not many. Yeah. <laughs> you okay, know oh, hold on a second. Uh, how many years were you the? Uh, you were a video two years guy. of Sheldon. Yeah. Okay. Did that ever happen to you? And if you did, yeah, would you go? Uh, excuse me. Uh, well, you're the head coach. I'm the video guy. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> but you know what's funny is like, you know, remember us talking about the Toronto Maple Leafs last year and saying that game six against Montreal, we hear an all or nothing Sheldon talking about it's now or never make history. Remember the stakes were higher than ever. Yeah. And then they lose. And it's like, oh, what do you say for game seven? How do you turn it up higher than that? I'd say that's a theme with Sheldon where he often does all the clips and all the videos and everything and, and runs the meeting like, Barube, by de- uh, delegating that, it has some authority when he takes it over. Keith does it constantly, right? Const- I don't. There's not much room for the Leafs to turn it up higher in that front. So I like that, Barube. So that's that's holding a chip when you need it the most. It is. It leaves you room to say, okay, now I can press down a little bit harder. I think the Leafs have it down just max on the pedal all the time. But 
I think what happened last night was, and they were talking about it on the broadcast, and they had a crap performance in game one. They went to overtime, but they got outplayed very severely. I think a lot of that had to do with altitude, but they kind of got they kind of got skated in circles around on on the first game. But then Barube just was like, all right, we're going to switch up completely the top three lines, and they go mm. out there, and they have their best performance. And I was kind of alluding to the Sheldon Keith thing, but then you said, Borny, before the show, that he kind of did do that, except for the top line, right? And is it a true shakeup if you're not topping, touching your top line? Kerfoot went up there for a few shifts here and there. But what do you kind of make of him switching up the top lines and if Keefe did enough with his kind of uh, comparing those two? Yeah, it's a good question. You know, the the line that Barube was not happy with was Tarasenko, Thomas, and Barbashev. And he looked at that, didn't win enough puck battles, lost it all, and he took Thomas out, kind of a lighter guy, yeah. put Shin at center on that line. You know, so he's like, all right, we're going to change the way that line looks. I don't know that that's an option for the Leafs. Like, looking at their top line, bunting on that side, that was always a spot you felt they were a little lighter. And Kerfoot doesn't make you any heavier yeah. there. Well, I just think that... Uh... The, the pool that Craig Berube can go to looks and and uh, plays out a little bit stronger than than Sheldon's. Mm. Well, God, have you seen this right? Torchenko kid? I don't know anything about him. He's a monster. A monster. On St. Louis' and, fourth line. You know, you got Kairou. Yeah. This guy, he's got he's slick. Five, five goals already in the playoffs. But, he, you know, when I talk to, uh, when, when I talk about Again, uh, a development. Barubi's now put Kairou and, and Thomas in a position at what twenty three, twenty four on average. Well, like they're they're a lot younger than a Bunting yeah. or a, yeah. a Mikheyev. Yep, they're they're in a better position to be more impactful players than what Sheldon had to draw off of. Yeah, just because they, you're saying they're they're. When we look at uh, St. Louis, of mm-hmm. course Ryan O'Reilly's the captain, but th- there's enough new, young, fresh blood in there that, and I know, per, yeah. uh, David Perron's still like 33, maybe, and he is, yeah. scored a couple of big goals. But when you have that injection to to change up, mm-hmm. it. It plays a lot better for yeah, Bruby than, than, than it did for Sheldon down the stretch. For sure. You know who kills me on St. Louis, who I didn't pay enough attention to this year? That Buchnevich. I know we know he was good, and I know we know he they won that trade with, for Sammy Play. But he had, he has many points he had this year. It's 76 points. Huge yes. year. So I didn't realize they had. I, I thought the Rangers gave him away. Yeah. I More really or less did. did. All right. Let's go to Chris Terrian, a friend of the show and a guy that's going to be fairly busy uh, this weekend. Chris, how are you, pal? Thanks for joining us. Kipper, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, real busy weekend here. I'm actually in the middle of the Battle of Alberta. Um, Ed Edmonton right now as I prepare for these ice wars in Enoch, Alberta, at the beautiful River Creek Casino. But, yeah, I'm, I'm thrust into what is probably about as hot a hockey market as you're going to find right now in anywhere in Alberta. So very, very cool surroundings, guys. So is it playing out well where uh, there's enough sunshine for everyone in a perfect world? Uh, is it uh, Would it be better if you were uh, alone on this, or is it a great uh, scenario having uh, so much excitement uh, come from all aspects, including the big series? You know, I think 
think it's really cool, uh, Nick, in terms of the way it, it, that they're, it's being presented to the, to the audience. I mean, it, there's, you know, I had, uh, I spoke to, I was walking through the casino yesterday. Carter Hart's dad came up to me. He just happened to be poking around the River Creek Casino. So he, he might bring Carter out tomorrow. It's really neat. And it just, the so, there's so much hockey hype. There's people out there wearing their jerseys everywhere. And it's really, really, really great to see. That, that's amazing. So, I mean, it's a combination of hockey and boxing. Who are the fighters? Do we know who's going to be in this event? There's there's a lot of guys that have played in a lot of those senior leagues. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the Northern AA men's leagues. And, and, like, Nick will know a couple of guys. Like, the, some, some of the judges are really, like, legendary minor league tough guys. And, you know, not a lot of them. Like, John Morasti, who oh, is yes. uh, played for the Syracuse. Yeah, yeah, he's he's almost the character that they said was designed after you know Lee Schreiber took on that persona in the movie Goon. I was talking to him this morning, but you know it's interesting. There's a whole fighting culture out there that you really don't think about. You know, you hear you see guys you come in the league with Kipper, and, and you know you you know Dave Brown, and you played with him. You were one yourself, and and the personalities are just so amazing. And none of that changes with who these guys are. Different leagues, but you know, really, really engaged guys amazing people and and they're gonna they really want to put on a show they really want to walk away with the cash prize but uh it's an exciting time here right now and uh there's a real buzz in the air certainly in alberta between everything going on with hockey the flames and the the oilers and then uh ice wars here as well which is cool okay so just take us through this in 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 terms of uh the rules the regulations like we're just not going to see someone just beat the crap out of somebody and uh you know gross us all out here right i mean how is it going to work? Absolutely. How does it work where where uh, referees can come in, protect a player when it's over? When is it considered over? What has to, what has to happen to to declare a winner and a loser? So it's going to be two one minute rounds. It's a ten point must system. Uh, if there's a draw after two rounds, there's what we call a thirty second icebreaker round to declare the winner. The judges will have an impact in this as well. We're talking about that. We will talk later. You know, balance will be part of this. Uh, it, it, you know, very much part of it. You're falling down. You can't keep your balance. Uh, that's going to count against you to point. There's punches only. They're wearing four ounce MMA gloves. You cannot intentionally remove an opponent's helmet. We have leather straps on the helmets. Each helmet requires that to make it more difficult for the helmet to come off. No headbutting, no kneeing or tripping, and you cannot strike an opponent on the ground. Well, I'm out. Those are our rules in in terms of of where we're at. Yeah. We have really good safety standards. I mean, I've seen headbutts in the NHL playoffs this year. We're we're not allowing that, of course. Uh, I mean, it sounds uh, like must-watch stuff. I'll be honest. I I can't wait to watch. Um, (laughs) uh, It's... yeah, it's available pay per view. Yeah, yeah, it's on Fight.tv, guys. And if you go on Fight.tv, and it's all over uh, any part of social media, but it's Ice is War uh, is our social media handle for Twitter, uh, on Facebook as well, and uh, IWIFights.com. IWIFights.com is where you can uh, purchase a pay per view. It's nineteen ninety five, guys, on Fight.tv, and it will be complete mayhem for that price. I guarantee it'll be worth uh, worth the watch. Well, that sounds awesome. Uh, thanks for filling us in on that i'm going to turn our attention to the the playoffs then is yeah. that if you're good on that and maybe a philly yeah. a philly angle for you uh first of all uh a drew in florida i mean it's given him a chance to win a stanley cup but uh maybe the odds dropped uh in those first two games just your thoughts on uh on claude drew so far in florida you know, I, I, my biggest fear with this whole play on getting Giroux at the deadline, and I said this 
two months ago to people in Philly. If he goes to Florida and he's slotted where he should be slotted, down a line or two, but still impactful on a power play, you're going to have a lot of success. If he ends up somehow becoming the best player on the Florida Panthers, which he might have done, they're going to be in a lot of trouble. It'll be the exact same thing as Florida. What he's done, guys, is he's transcended the players that have done the work all year. He's put the focus on himself somehow, not intentionally, but that's where it's at. It's just, he, it, it almost looks like the Florida Panthers, in a lot of ways, are the Philadelphia Flyers. I mean, they're 0 for 25 on the power play in the playoffs. I, it, again, it's not his fault, but for some reason, the guys that drove the bus, the Hubertos, Barkoffs, those big names, names, have been supplanted by Giroux and what his playoff push is. And, and as a result, I've seen this before, uh, they're down 2 nothing. I think they needed to put him in a second line you know, role more uh, help down the lineup more, but he's, you know, he's playing right where I said he couldn't play if Florida got him. And it's it, to me, it's become a problem. I've seen a lot of Drew right over 10, 12 years. So a uh, great player. Uh, like I said before, an incredible flyer, but you know, he's, he's, he's somehow got himself mired in again, the same problems I saw in Philadelphia in playoff time. Is he at, has he added like a bit of a not nastiness necessarily, but he's playing. He's got an edge. He seems competitive. He's he's one of the few guys on Florida right now, to my eye, that seems to really hunger for the puck and get in the battles. Is this something that's like a added desperation of a Stanley Cup chase and being traded, or has he always had a, a good element of that to his game? You know, I think he's been a pretty competitive hockey player for a guy who was a skilled hockey player. And again, I'm not nothing against him as a, as a player. I mean, he's had a wonderful career. Uh, you know, he's competitive. He, he gets in there, and I've seen him play a very competitive type game before. I think a lot of, you know, in terms of what your compete level is in playoff games, is sometimes uh, more up to, you know, when it's necessary. You know, like you can't play... 110% all out every single shift because that's not sometimes what's dictated, but he does have a little bit of an edge to him. And I think that that stuff can be contagious Florida for some reason. I mean, it just talk about, you know, uh, kind of being there in two games and then, you know, falling off the wayside in the third period last night was it like, you know, that's an epic disaster. That that's one that's probably hard to come back from, but especially against a team like Tampa, but you know, Florida, I know Brunette was talking this morning and they didn't play bad. Uh, they just were not opportunistic. And, and this is a team guys, and you know, it too, that, They've been opportunistic all year. Um, they beat a team in Washington that probably gave away the series in that one game, and it changed it. But they got a lot of work cut out, and it's not, nothing's been easy in the last uh, two calendar years getting by the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're talking to Chris Terrian, former NHL defenseman, former Philadelphia Flyer. Uh, speaking of the Flyers, I put a, uh, a tweet out uh, just before the show, as many as six, seven teams knocking on the door of Barry Trotz, Bundy. Mm-hmm. And uh, we know Philly is one of them. How realistic do you think that this is? It's a fair question, Kipper. You know, I... I don't know what if they, you know, I know Dave Scott, the, the the chairman of the team, said there's, you know, no money's not an object, and you know they still owe they still owe Vino half his contract going back to December, about twelve and a half million, what was left on it, uh, you know, so Barry Trotz would command that kind of money, uh, rightly so, with the Stanley Cup uh, and what he's done, the job he's done with the Islanders, but yeah, again, I, I, what do I think? I personally, if I I put myself in the Barry Trotz thing, unless they're going to pay me way too much money, which they might. I'm not coming here. I want to go to a team again that's got a closer chance uh, at the Stanley Cup in the next three years um, than I would with Philadelphia. I don't think this is a team that's going anywhere fast um, unless some kind of a you know Paul, another miracle's pulled off like Paul Homer did you many many years ago, went from worst to a playoff team the next year. But I just don't know in a salary cap era if that's possible. So from the Barry Trot standpoint, 
he may take the interview. He may get wowed with an incredible financial package that he can't turn down, but I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen. I think they're going to, I think they need to get somebody that's probably more relatable to the actual group they have here, because this is not a team like Tampa or or another high end team like Colorado, or even the St. Louis that has done it. That's ready to turn the key and win a Stanley cup. There's, there's quite some time off in my estimation. Where do you see is a good fit, you know, looking at a guy like Trotz? Uh, I guess there's an opening in, in Vegas. There's openings in Winnipeg. In well, Long Island's not going to happen. Do you see anywhere in particular you think he would make sense? Uh, a guy like Barry Trotz, you mean? Yeah, that'd be... I think he's going to... I think... Yeah, I think he's going to end up in a place like Winnipeg. I think it's his hometown. I think that that's kind of where the speculation is going. I mean, that's, and, and, and probably want to have engage himself in more in more management. That's what I would think. You know, a guy that, that uh, has had that kind of last five years that Barry Trotz has had. But, you know, again, I, I look at the Flyers, though, guys, as somebody that probably is going to get uh, is going to go through an interview process after the dust is settled. There's still coaches out there that I know they want to talk to. A guy like Jim Montgomery might make sense. You know, he may be that that trend, that coach that kind of is maybe a gapper, a guy that's had success in Dallas with a younger group of kids, and maybe understands perhaps uh, you know more modern, the modern kid a little bit more than some of the old school guys like say a John Tortorella. Um, so you know, again, there, there's names out there, and I, but you know, again, coaches are getting hired. They're, Peter DeBoer is another name, you know, out of Vegas again. So you know, again, the, the coaching carousel will go on, and one of those guys will end up in Philadelphia at some point this summer. The event is called Ice Wars. Eight man in the ring, hockey and boxing. Yeah, we have we have three we have three uh, separate belts as well. We actually have a battle of Alberta, two brothers. Uh, that never. Oh, <laughs> mom should be happy. Oh yeah. my god. Hey, yeah. the Kennedy brothers from Calgary. So we call it the Battle of Calgary. We may just label it the Battle of Alberta. Wow, <laughs> right wow. out there. Yeah. Hey, Bundy. Good luck with it. Okay. Guys, thanks so much. Have a great weekend, and uh, it's got a lot of fire out here. Like the Battle of Ontario, one time Battle of Alberta never disappoints. Great to be out here in Western Canada. Thanks for having me on, guys. Chris Terrian. Thank you. Ice Wars. Ice Wars. I'm, I, I, I'm getting a headache just thinking about it. <laughs> I, I, like, I need to see it <laughs> for, like, five minutes. I just need to like experience anybody, it. Do, uh, what's the cost on it? Have you looked it up? Nineteen ninety-five. It's, it's not I'm, like you're watching uh, Floyd or anything. No, I haven't looked it up. I don't know. It's nineteen ninety-five. Bundy's good. He's a, yeah. the guy's a spectacular guy. So that's, I, I wanted to give him a little. That's know, not horrible. No, it's right. I think I got to do I, it. Listen, I've spent twenty bucks on way worse things. Way than worse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with your shirt. That hat. Oh, God, that's the shirt. Hey, he your doesn't sh- buy clothes. Your shoes. <laughs> right? a free clothes guy. <laughs> Heart. I thought it looked pretty good today. Not He's, a comb. We know I can't that. See it. <laughs> this hat's nice too. Nice, right. nice Jays. Going to the Jays game tonight, boys. Um, Barry Trotz. I said six or seven teams looking. Adam, you think mm-hmm. there's people still upset that not that you needed to throw Sheldon under a bus or anything, but would you have preferred hearing we're looking at everything without answering the question? Yes. 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 I would have. Would you have? I Aren't they still playing Babcock? Here we are a couple of days later. I, I wish Brendan would have been more critical. Yes. Yeah. Or at least have the impression that... Uh, I, I think he needed more Cam Neely out of uh, mm-hmm. uh, we we know we have to make some adjustments or some changes. We just don't know what they are yet, but we will work hard to get there. I, I am 
truly of the belief that they think that, that they agree with, uh, with you internally and that they aim to do those things, yeah. but that they didn't want to go out and start a firestorm by promising changes, not knowing what they could deliver okay. on. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. All right. He, um, uh, on this day in 2015, Mike Babcock got hired by the Toronto Maple Leafs. So eight-year deal. So he is still getting paid for... This would be last That was very front-loaded. Yeah. And I think it was for the purpose all along where Mike Babcock and Brendan Shanahan looked at each other prior to signing it and saying, hey, listen, if it doesn't work out, you're okay. I want the majority of my money up front and you let me go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it made I, a lot of sense. It, it really played out exactly the way the contract was built. With Mike making $48 million. Or whatever it was, fifty rich. million. Yeah. 50, he's, got, yeah. he's got a great yeah. cabin in the woods. Wherever but, he's hunting right now, it's, it's palatial. <laughs> he's shooting the finest oh, Dijon yeah. <laughs> deer wherever he is. <laughs> Where do we put Barry Trotz right now on on your uh, bets? Dollars wise? No, we know where. Where? Where? I think Vegas. Vegas. You said it. Vegas. Vegas would be my would be my guess as well. But I do think the I think the. Winnipeg thing would be enticing for him because there Here's are the there, one there I, are some I pieces. Heard, uh, being from Manitoba will play no factor. Well, then they have no chance. Okay, well then I completely take it back. I have no that no. it would have to be a scenario where I think he he I think he can win. I think he wants to win now. Is it Bill Foley in in yes. in Vegas? Wild. Does, Bill. does he want to spend? What do you think Trotz costs? Uh, Maybe six plus. Really? It's great that coaches can make that much money. And I don't think Sheldon makes. My first gut instinct when I heard Winnipeg is they'll never pay it. And then others are telling me, uh, do you know who the the owner is there? He's like the 17th richest man in the world. On the planet. He's probably got a couple of dollars. Do you think maybe he'll care if he can bring credibility and a, a strong voice to... To the Winnipeg Jets, mm-hmm. does it really matter to him if it's two million or six million? I just can't imagine being in that place in my life. <laughs> Those dollars don't matter. Ah, two six. It's just millions. One of the. Uh, are we going to have to go to break because we got Doug McLean? Yeah. Uh, yep. Probably. We should yeah. probably hit the break. Let's All do right, it. Right, let's hit the break. You're listening and watching Real Kipper and Bourne.